Welcome to STR Unfiltered, where we give you actionable episodes without the bullshit. Here is your host, Bill Faith. Hey, you guys, you know how much I love Stay Fine, how important that is into my entire marketing funnel. But look, they have just released a thing called Homepage, which is absolutely taking it to the next level. Now, when somebody logs into your Wi-Fi via your StayFi landing page, it takes them to this homepage where you can integrate with the Hostco shop for upsells. You can integrate with Viator for literally local attractions to take care of your guests, your guidebook links, direct link to your website, and your book again button. Completely simplified. Look, StayFi has taken this whole marketing thing to the next level. You need to check them out. They are a seriously integral part of my marketing funnel, and it should be for yours as well. Look, to lock in your StayFi discount and start cultivating your engaged guest list, go to StayFi.com slash bill. That's StayFi.com slash bill. Yep, that's my name. And watch your booking soar. Hey, welcome back to STR Unfiltered. I'm Bill Faith, your host. I've got a very special edition today. I've got my main man, Chris Wharton, joining me. This is the first time on the podcast, I think, yeah, isn't it, Chris? It is. Cool. We're going to talk about kind of a recap, Chris, about what were our biggest takeaways from the conference last week. And just to predicate, I wanted to get this out on Tuesday, but you know, you were traveling here, we're at my house in Montana. I'm a little bit under the weather, so if you hear some snorting and coughing and hacking, <laughs> uh, right now it's the post-conference junk that we usually get, uh, but I think Chris is in good shape. So I'm just gonna let you start. You were behind the stage the entire time, but you kind of had the bird's eye view of everything that was happening with the full production team Backstage, on stage, what's your biggest takeaway? What was different about this year than the last two years? I think this year we were finally able to reach close to our vision of what we wanted the conference to be. The first year, it was really a test for us. Will this work? Will people come to it? Will, does this format, do people even like it? Because it's so different than the traditional conference format where you have most things from one stage uh, the first year, everything was from one stage. We didn't have any breakouts, any workshops, any of the other stuff. That's because we hate conferences. <laughs> well, absolutely. Don't most people hate conferences? You know my friend oh, yeah. Dave Delaney, remember when we had him at Lab Live? Yeah, yeah. He started the, uh, what was what's the thing called in Nashville? It's like, he calls it the unconference. It's like pod camp or day camp or something mm -hmm. like that. And I kind of got the inspiration from him. And then obviously we were very entwined with 10X and Grant Cardone in 2020 and the LCT show in Vegas before... Uh, that happened to kind of produce something that's more along the lines of a 10x or a funnel hacking live. You know, you and I come from that marketing mm -hmm. background. And I think you said it perfectly because you're right. We had this grant, I'm going to say we, because it wasn't just my vision. It was mine and your vision for this conference to be completely different, not to be stuck in a hotel room. And, and we might end up having to go back to a hotel at some point. Venues are, are challenging and expensive. Uh, but I think you were able to... I told you I wanted this Taylor Swift era stage. We talked about the LED video boards. Even Will Slickers on Zach Bucharest podcast recap talked about how great the production was, which is a testament to you, which I believe completely changes the experience of the guests. And I think we've seen that in the feedback as well. I want to flip the switch. Not everything's perfect about this conference, and it never will be of something that's this massive. What's the number one thing you would change for next year? What did, where did we swing and miss this year? I think no matter how well you plan for anything, <clears throat> there 
will always be logistical challenges that you don't realize are challenges. You mean like the internet with check-in with a thousand people ready to check-in? When we open check-in, scheduling things, stage layout. I think the stage was incredible, but some of the seating didn't give them prime spots. Um, Some stuff on our side of having staff in certain places or communication things. There's honestly, I think people, same thing with property, same thing with anything else that we do. We look at our stuffs and we always like to say the, the wins. We did this great, we did that great. Even when like a guest has a problem, but you really have to be honest with yourself and say, did I handle it properly? Did I do the best I could do in the situation? And what can I learn from it for the next time? Uh, whether the guest had an issue or not, was, the, was their issue on them or was it because I wasn't clear enough in my communication with yeah. them to lead up to the issue? And so there's lots of things like that that we have had some people give some great feedback. I have a list of notes myself of just a lot of those logistical planning adjustments, things just to make it that much better, but things you'll never learn. The conference is fucking amazing. There's Absolutely. no question. But there are things that have to change mm-hmm. and things that we missed. And for those of you that are listening right now, email team at build STR wealth. If you, if you have some suggestions and mm-hmm. things that we can improve because we have decided we're gonna try to do this again next year and full transparency, you and I were talking about this last night, it looks like Mike and I are gonna lose about a couple hundred grand on mm-hmm. this event. Uh, that's $100,000 out of our each of our pockets to put on the event, but it's, uh, and full transparency, him and I make money on the back end with masterminds and inner circles and that type of stuff. And that's how we're able to keep this thing afloat because it's not a revenue producer for us. I don't think many people know that. They think, mm-hmm. oh my God, I bought a diamond ticket at 7,500 bucks, or we saw that, you know, Kenny spent $55,000 to be the title sponsor at STR Insights or whatever it is. Because remember when I made that, that's mistake number one when I sent out the sponsor package to the entire <laughs> list. But here's the two big things that I take away. One, we totally fucked up the seating arrangements mm-hmm. and we had these bands on the seats. Remember the signage that you had last year? Our team dropped the ball on that. They didn't have the signage for the mic and our, and our mastermind, right? They didn't have the signage for the inner circle seating. They didn't have the signage for the diamond. So everybody just kind of swarmed into those front seats. Yep. That sucks. And that's a huge mistake that will not happen again. The other thing, and I noticed this, I was in almost, I was in every breakout session. And mm-hmm. I told you this at dinner last night, just so you know the context when we, because I were talking about this, he just flew into Montana yesterday. One of the big things was the breakout sessions. They were supposed to be sat for 300 people mm-hmm. uh, in each room. And I'm sure there were some that didn't fill up, but like the one that Bree and I did, and then we had me and Natalie Palmer right behind it. So we had super property design and then Natalie Palmer co-hosting. Specifically the super design, the super property design, there had to be a hundred people inside the room and they were piled out the door. <clears throat> that room was sat for like 135 people. It wasn't sat for 300. The two market media breakout, which was the biggest breakout of the entire deal, that was Hank Norman, Steve Carlos. If you don't know who two mark market media is, I'm a client of theirs. They are the 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 coaches of coaches. If you want to build your personal brand, they created 10X for Grant Cardone. They handpicked him out of being an automotive sales guy. You've heard me talk about this. They built Mel Robbins, Steve Harvey, Sean Mike, who was there, Angie Wisdom, who was there, David Perez, who was there, Jeff Hampton, Avery Carl, Bill Faith, all these big brands. And they're taking me to the next level, four levels up, really. They had to have 250 people outside of the room in the hallway, cameras up, holding it over people to try to get, you know, glimpses of what was going on. It was packed in there. You couldn't even walk. That's our our fault, or it might be the Music City Center's fault. We don't know. They sold they sold us rooms that were smaller yeah. than what they were supposed to be, and we apologize for that, and we're going to fix that. 
you know, moving forward. The internet connection is something that's a challenge that, you know, it happens everywhere and that's something we can't do. Probably better communication about some stuff. We spent a lot of money on signage. Uh, we had incredible networking, but a lot of people didn't really know where to go because, you know, I and I know this was last minute that I threw in there. It was like you could go to places inside the vendor showcase and meet the people from the Smokies or from Orlando uh, or, you know, the Palm Springs, Indio area, the Northeast. And I don't think we did a good enough job of that type of communication. So I, I fundamentally appreciate everybody's kind sentiment and the emails that we've gotten, the social media posts, and it was great. And it's different. Honestly, the bar set pretty fucking low in our industry. Mm. I mean, I went to Verma this year. No dig on Verma. It's just a regular conference. Mm. And that, folks, is what you see at the SDR WealthCon is a combination of my personality. It's big. It's verbose. All those things. But that's the way that I live my life. That's the way that I build my properties. That's the way that I built all the businesses that I've ever done. It's bigger and better than the good, than the average. And that's, I have to walk the walk of what I teach you guys to do with your properties and your businesses. And if you don't do that, then you're just going to be one of everybody else. This is how Mike and I stand out. He does the same thing with his boutique hotels, you know, and that type of stuff. Um, but I mean, I give you a tremendous amount of kudos because it was really, you're the one that were able, was able, along with Robin Bass and our, you know, specifically Julie Johnson, the executor and, and our vision um, was incredible. I want to move over a little bit and get away from, I don't want to talk about us the entire time. I mean, we're nine minutes in. It's supposed to be a 10 minute podcast. It's going to be a little bit longer today, but I want to talk about what are some of the other things outside of the conference shit that stood out for you, whether it's vendors or speakers or message experience, you know, what was something else that stood out? I think the workshops, I was able to do a part of a workshop because I was still setting up. The That's the pre-conference pre Monday workshops. workshops. Just to have those multiple track offerings, have the space to do them. With Mark Simpson, we went the total, again, non-traditional conference direction, no presentation, no PowerPoint, and just took feedback from everyone. What are you struggling with? And just wrote it up on the, the flip chart and just went point by point. Here's how to do it. Here's the websites. Here's the walkthroughs. And just, you have to know your stuff. I think that's the, the important thing. And that's, I think, what separates, honestly, a lot of what we do and the speakers that come on our stage is that they know their stuff. You're not just the, right. like Joe Schmo who kind of sort of dabbles in it. They're able to, especially the ones in the workshops and the breakouts, actually know it, answer questions and give actionable information to people. The vendor area, I mean, I would, is some of uh, ones we have incredible relationships with. Kenny, obviously, because he is, you know, OG in the mass. OCR Insights. Minoan, Mark, Sage, all of them. Uh, Allie, just <clears throat> one. I was able to come up from behind the stage and I got the two comments I got every, every time I did that was one, where have you been hiding the whole time? I'm like, well, when you're doing stuff <laughs> from 6 a.m., which is when the tech load didn't happen until events ended at 7 p.m., I'm literally backstage with the tech team the entire time working on stuff with that. The second one we get was like, uh, you look uh, more relaxed than you've ever looked before. And it's because the, we had this monster tech team. And if, for those of you who saw some of that, there were another 10 people, give or take, backstage with me, and not including the camera people and audio and visual people up front. But all that was to create Yeah, that experience. shit costs like $9,000 an hour. Yeah, it's, it's insane. And all that's to create an experience. And there's some things that, as much as the tech is there for the, the, the show factor, for, for that part of the experience, where you want to really create something unique, 
The tech's also there to allow teaching in a way that we could never do before. Like I didn't notice what you said, the double wide screens to where you can have presentation and speaker on the same thing. I'll bet people didn't really notice that, mm -hmm. but if they knew ahead of time or they, they know now when they go back and they look at the recordings, they'll be able to see, holy shit, I've never seen that mm -hmm. before. And that they don't understand how that ex affects their overall experience. Yeah, and it's, it's those little things where we <clears> took <throat> from the previous year into this year and we'll take the learning for things from this year into the next one to try and just make those daily things, not just the, the lights and the fog and all the fun stuff, but like make the actual education that much better. There's some other things like you mentioned that the breakouts were packed and some of that was obviously poor, the seating wasn't what we believed it would be. And The breakouts were <laughs> phenomenal, but here's what sucked about them. We talked about this at dinner. Yeah. There were, how many breakouts were there? There were 20, break 20. 20 breakouts. Yeah. So there were four running concurrently mm -hmm. at each time. So there was basically, what was there? Four, eight, 12 on day one. Is a, yeah. And then, you know, eight, eight on, on the second day. So there was one, two, three, four, five sessions. And I think I was in four of five sessions. It was way too fast. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had two hours blocked out, but the sessions were like a half hour because we had to give people time to get downstairs between, to get yeah. to them and that type of stuff in a 10 or 15 minute break in between. They were way too fast. And I think that's something we can improve on next year. We're going to have to make sure that we get more seating uh, next year. And we're probably going to end up being in a different venue and maybe even a different town. We don't mm -hmm. know you know, right now because we don't have dates and we don't have a venue lockdown. I think the content was phenomenal. Some questions that I get and, you know, is why do you have this, why do you have same people back year over year over year? I'll give you an example, just so everybody knows. Sean Raskovich opened conference number one. Mm -hmm. Sean Raskovich was not invited back in year number two. And I don't, I think he was a little bit butthurt about it and I probably would be too because he's a phenomenal fucking mm -hmm. speaker. But at that time, it wasn't, we, we I, we're not arbitrage. Mm -hmm. Right. And he crushed it in the opener. He came back the next year. So pretty much we take people off the main stage year, take a year off, then they can come back if they're great. And that's what I learned from Sarah at LCT East. Right. Mm -hmm. I was one of the few people in that world that got, that did every single conference. And here's why, because I am, I have the ability to teach and to talk about a multitude, a multitude of subject matter. That's the thing I like about Mark Simpson. Mark Simpson's the second greatest marketer in this industry behind me. Um, just kidding. I got to take a plug at that. Uh, but he, the content in the workshop that him and I did last year, completely different than what, how you and him covered it this year, mm. his on stage last year, completely different. The content that we deliver is always completely different. The one thing you will probably see consistent because they are so good at what they do is Will and Julie, mm. you know, as the MCs, Mike and I are the hosts. We own the conference. But they're the, you know, the MCs and they do a really good job of the entertainment and, you know, keeping kind of, they need to, you, you probably need the hook a little sometimes to stay on time. <laughs> uh, but I think I want to transition. The number one thing that stood out to me was actually Sam at getbestie.ai. Mm -hmm. And there was, Mark talked about artificial intelligence. Um, a lot of the marketing people that were up there, STR Digital, Flow, they talked about artificial intelligence, um, getbestie.ai. They're the ones that actually brought Dell, uh, you know, forced Dell Startups as a sponsor, which was, they were great. But getbestie.ai, I think, is something that's going to completely transform the way that we host. And I've been able to take small tests and peaks at it with Sam. And I had him on the podcast. You can go back and listen. 
Uh, it was about two or three weeks ago. If you go back like six episodes, you'll find the, the interview I did with Sam, and it was awesome on the podcast. His technology just rose to the top, and he's just such an early stage startup, and I think he's only integrated with Hostfully and HostAway right now, and he's working, and I thought he, he was hoping to be done, but I don't think it happened, but it's coming soon, owner Resin Guesty. I think that's going to completely be a game changer for a lot of people in our industry. From a tech standpoint, you know, I love Price Labs, Owner Res, all our standard stuff, but that, these guys, our, our tech companies are going to have to step up their game big time to be able to keep up with what, because listing optimization, guest communication, I mean, pricing, it is sick what he is able to do. And it's kind of like roll Price Labs and Owner Res and hospitable and all these things into to one system, but it overlays. It's not the replacement, right? Um, I can't wait for him to get integrated with owner res because that was, that's going to be absolutely sick. I believe. What about for you? Yeah, I saw, there are a couple vendors that, um, I even saw some great feedback on that. It was nice to have a lot of places you get like one, one of a particular type of software, yeah. right? So it was nice to be able to see that, you have the owner reses and the guesties and you have hospitable over here and you have others that do things on the outside. You have like rank breeze over there. But also I think the biggest takeaway I had from the, the vendor area was how accessible all these companies are. I saw a bunch of feedback of people are like, Hey, I actually talked to the CEO of this company and they sat with me for 30 minutes and, and talked, walked me through my software and how it was working and made some adjustments. And we had this real conversation, a connection and those connections, I think are such a, a thing we don't talk about a lot with the conference because we are so busy putting on the content of it. But here's the deal. I don't mean to interrupt no, you. you're fine. The reason that happened, it doesn't happen at any other conference, is because most other conferences have their window of the show floor being open for like four hours. Mm -hmm. Ours was open for 13 hours a day. So we didn't close it and we forced the, the guests, the attendees, to walk yeah. through the vendor area to get into the seating area for the actual, you know, content. That extremely benefited the vendors, extremely. So having that amount of time, somebody could go and sit down with Paul after we got done with the owner res, you know, session mm -hmm. or talk to Sam in the, the Dell booth or whatever that is, right? I mean, I saw Stafe, I saw Arthur just, you know, he probably never, he probably slept in his booth. They were so busy, <laughs> um, you know, but that's kind of the byproduct of how we envision and we set everything up. The thing that I think that sucked, Chris, is it was great that we had the huge monitors, you know, like 20-foot screens inside the vendor showcase. People could stay in there and they could watch, but it, we never filled the room, mm -hmm. right? Rather, the opening party, the band, Chris Weaver's fucking amazing, and there was nobody in there because they were all in with the that vendors, area. and Chris was pissed. It just sucks the life out of mm -hmm. that area, and that same thing happened with a lot of sessions. Even Pace Morby, Damon John, my session, Mike's sessions, even Sean, the very the opener. Nothing was ever filled in that room. And that's okay because there was a different experience of where they could take advantage of the vendors. And not, it's not just being sold. They were getting help. Mm -hmm. You know, Kenny did like, ten, he followed what we, you know, we taught Kenny what to do with his deal um, from our limo days when we used to have the Limo U Learning Center on the show floor. And then he did like 20 sessions or something like that over the two and a half days. So I think the length for that and having the, I guess the main stage area open to the vendor area was a plus. I think next year we got to close it if we stayed in that same venue because I think you have to keep that that vibe inside of that room. Uh, but there, even though it was like open, we didn't have the problems with sound and the asshats in the back like at the wild horse, <laughs> right? 
Um, it was a pretty amazing experience for me. I hope it was for you guys that were there that are out there listening. Um, I, I honestly, honestly, I know you and I would both love feedback. Hopefully we touched on most of the negatives. Um, I can't think of really anything else, uh, at least from my standpoint, that I don't even want to call it a negative, just things that we can improve on, um, you know, moving forward. But I do want to make something abundantly clear. Zach, if you're listening and I put a comment on your Instagram about your podcast, you kept referring that this was like the most expensive conference in the industry. It's not. It might be the cheapest, to be honest with you, for an attendee. It's hands down the most expensive for vendors. And like Mark Havtovsky, first one to come up to me and literally videoed a testimonial on the floor about, dude, you can raise the prices. We're coming back every year. This is bar none the place that we sell the most stuff. But Zach, we sold almost 900 tickets at a $397 price point. The price point at the door is ridiculous and it's meant to be that way, not to make money. And we, we sold them, what'd you say, almost 300 or 400 tickets, 300 tickets at the door last mm -hmm. year or at the door pricing. Yeah. This year we probably sold less than 40, 50, right? Does that sound about right? We did not sell that many at door pricing. Yeah, there, it was, we waited as long as possible to up the pricing. Um, and again, wait as long as possible that other pricing. Because that super high pricing is oh, really absolutely. just an anchor. Yeah, and we, I mean, we ran, <laughs> we did everything we could from Black Friday specials, we gave affiliates. Uh, if you use an affiliate code, there was, there was a, a dollar amount off there. And uh, masterminds, there are codes all over the place for right. ways to get even cheaper than 397 Over 900 tickets sold in a, under a $500 price mm -hmm. point. That makes this one of the most affordable uh, conferences, and especially when you see all the people that are rooming together and buying big Airbnb or renting big Airbnbs and putting 5, 10, 20 people, you can't get that experience anyplace else. So we will make sure we will keep it affordable. The vendor's pricing will probably go up next year because the value is there. And honestly, the more the spot, here's the way that the conference works, everybody. You know, I think I sold like $900,000 in sponsorships this year. If I can push that over a million next year, if I can do a 10% increase and Kenny goes from 55,000 to 65,000 or whatever that is, then I can keep your ticket prices low. Mm -hmm. And that's the way that it works. So the more that we sell to sponsors, the bigger sponsor area we have, one, it benefits you because you get to see more mm -hmm. vendors, but then uh, it, you know, it, it goes and lowers ticket pricing. That's the hard part for those like level up your listing and you know, the, all the other small, uh, and that, Hey, by the way, ladies level up your listing. You need to be there. This mm -hmm. is, that's in like four or five weeks. Tatiana and Natalie Palmer are putting on an amazing event. I think it's the first week of March, um, like the 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, or some. Don't hold me to that desk, but go to levelupyourlisting.com. I know I've seen the event that they do. I'm friends with Natalie. I'm friends with Tatiana. I know what their speaking lineup is. I know what their vendor lineup is. If I wasn't going to be back here with my family in Montana, I would be in Phoenix going to their event. So check out Level Up Your Listing. What people don't know, whether it's Natalie, Tatiana, Patrick Swintech, uh, you know, TJ to Johnny, whoever's trying to put on an event is you can never budget based off of ticket sales. Mm. You literally need to pay for your entire event out of sponsorship dollars and then ticket sales should be your profit. So when I say we did $900,000 and be like, oh my God, that's a lot of money. Uh, Zach, just another fact check. You said, I said $300,000 to run the event last year and 500 this year it was like 1.7 million this year. Uh, and it was about 700,000, 800,000 last year. Basically, I sold 50% roughly in sponsorships. That means we had to make up the difference, you know, with ticket pricing. 
and then then you get these bills like we just got at the end of the conference. Oh, we have another hundred eighty thousand yeah, dollars. We prepaid everything, right? And now we get done, and holy shit, hundred eighty thousand dollars in overruns. Yeah, and that's obviously we value being the, the transparent people. A lot of people mm -hmm. don't talk about stuff like that. They try and hide it. People around. are afraid to talk about sex and money. I, you know, <laughs> I did my thing, and my wife's like, "Oh my god, I thought you were going to tell people that you know we have a contract to have sex three times a week." <laughs> I said I forgot to mention that, but I'll talk about it on the recap podcast in our <laughs> life plan, right? And but she's fine with that. We have to be open. We have to be Absolutely. transparent. People hide too much shit. No, I agree. And <laughs> to go back, because obviously I'm one who's spending most of that money. I was gonna come out when you called me out on stage, grab one of the money guns real quick. It was on the far side, so I couldn't yeah. reach it because that's how I felt the couple weeks before. It was just like you it was fun. I know, I'm you the, were, you I'm were the one that's I am, no, AMX, AMX, I know, AMX. I'm the one that's like that's actually like ordering all the crazy stuff. It At least just, I did get the benefit of like nine hundred thousand points. <laughs> but it, it's just it's it's insane things. The tech alone <laughs> was you know over six hundred thousand dollars. The rooms come in. You have swag for you know two thousand items of of different things and. We do our best to, you know, but you know me, I'm from the church world. So yep. it's like, we're using every resource, every amount, even on the tech, I'm cutting as many things as humanly possible to give us the best experience, but not overspending. It's, we're doing everything we can to protect the, the price point that we can protect. And like you said, we're, we're gonna end up losing it. And that's the tough part about conferences is we got, even the week before there was ancillary charges that were already coming in of, you know, power for this and crew yep. for that and rigging for this that weren't talked about, weren't prepared, and then suddenly, boom, you know, these charges come in. And so, yeah, that's the tough part. That's what it costs to run a conference of this level, and that's what we have to plan for for wherever we go. Is that it's I agree. Cost the same amount. Right. We're done. You got to go shoot drone footage. It's sunrise yeah, out there. Up. Yeah. If you were there, thank you so much for coming. I mean, it means the world from the bottom of my heart. This was a dream when I put on my first boot camp that I wanted to build something big and have a big conference. And, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. You and I had half of a dry run in 2018 planning the conference at the exact venue that we launched this conference at uh, for another person in this industry. And, you know, to go and, and be shit on with that, now build it to what it is today uh, is incredible. So there's one thing I will promise all of you that are listening. It will be bigger and it will be better next year. That I promise you. And most importantly, it was really fucking good, like really fucking good this year, but it will continue to get better and better and we will push the envelope just as we do with Build Short-Term Rental Wealth and pushing you to build your wealth, just as we do in our inner circle, in my mastermind, just as I do within my own businesses and I push Chris, this will be better next year. So. It may not be bigger with more seats, to be honest with you. It could be smaller with more seats. We will let you know. If we don't have 3,500, 4,000 seats for next year, I'm just going to tell you right now, there's no tickets that have been sold. There's nothing at all. We don't have dates. We're working on it now. You just better be ready as soon as we announce. Because if it's the same size or smaller, which most likely it will be, then tickets will go super duper fast. Thanks for joining on this episode of STR Unfiltered. Happy hosting, everybody. The STR Unfiltered podcast is brought to you by Market My STR, the ultimate all-in-one marketing platform for short-term rental hosts. Are you tired of juggling multiple marketing tools? Say goodbye to the hassle and make your life as a host a breeze with Market My STR. Boost your booking rates and increase your revenue in no time with our powerful features. Our platform streamlines your marketing efforts so you can focus on what you do best, providing unforgettable guest experiences. 
Whether you're a newcomer or a seasoned host, Markham ASTR has got you covered. Stay connected with your guests using our comprehensive set of communication tools. From custom landing pages to text messages, email marketing, and social media integration, we provide all the tools you need to elevate your short-term rental business. Streamline your operations, enhance your guest experience today. Don't settle for less so we can have it all. Make the switch to Markham ASTR's all-in-one marketing platform and watch your business soar. Visit MarkhamISTR.com today to sign up for your free trial. That's MarketMySTR.com. Elevate your short-term rental business with Mark and my STR. Thank you for listening to STR Unfiltered, where we give you actionable episodes without the bullshit.